Welcome to a brand new episode of the Bold Tech Podcast. I'm Austin Hill. With me, as always, is Austin Waiter. Yeah. And it's getting to be that time. Uh, we're recording on Friday morning, just before the beginning of this college football week, um, and just after one of the best Thursday night football games we've seen yeah. all season. It would make sense that the day we both have stuff happening on Thursday night, that the best Thursday night game of the year happens. It would just work out that yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's pretty fitting. Um, but we'll get to that game more in the NFL episode. Um, we've got conference championship week coming up. But yep. Uh, before we get into that, before we dive into the chaos that can and potentially may ensue uh, this coming weekend, we've got uh, a big, big store. We've got um, big uh, looks uh, from last week, uh, rivalry weekend. Um, some of the games lived up to the hype. Some of them, uh, mm. the fans uh, were freezing cold and didn't get a show. Um <laughs> You know, it remains to see what, what yeah. games those were, um, but I can just imagine uh, for some people maybe feeling uh, not necessarily disappointed, uh, but expecting right. a better show than what they, what they got. Um, and so we'll start with Ole Miss winning the Egg Bowl. And uh, as this game is, no matter how well these two teams have played all year, this was a good game. 17-7 to was the final score, and Ole Miss did not get up by double digits until late in this one. Um, these were, I mean, this is the epitome of rivalry weekend right here, this Egg Bowl matchup. Um, these two teams do not like each other. Mm-hmm. And no matter the records, I mean, coming into this, it was 9-2 and two versus 5-6. and six. Um, Not exactly one you'd expect to be a competitive game on any other week yeah. of the season. Um, but here it is, mm-hmm. a 10-point game, and they go out and they play hard. And, uh it, it's a game to watch. It's certainly a, a blast to have on on uh, Thanksgiving, but uh, Ole Miss definitely pulled it out, which was the expected outcome in this one. Yeah, world. they did. It was kind of maybe not the best for uh, sight for sore eyes if you're an offensive fan, um, but if you're just a football fan, I mean, it was a fun game. It's always a fun rivalry. And, of course, this was the final game with the interim coach of Mississippi State before they hired uh, Jeff Levy, which I'm sure we'll talk more about that in a little bit along with other stuff. But yeah, it was it's a fun rivalry game and it always it always seems to be entertaining with the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh then we get into the uh, battle line trophy game between um number 9 Missouri and the unranked Arkansas Razorbacks and uh Missouri really controlled this game uh the whole way through. Well, I'd say controlled. Uh as somebody who was there and forced to watch this yeah, game. Um, um <laughs> I forced myself to watch this game. Uh, it really wasn't control at the beginning. Uh, Arkansas forced a punt, had a quick three and out. Then they gave up a score. Um, then they had a three and out. Then they gave up a score. And then they went and KJ got hurt. And then this defense held for a little – I mean, the first half ended and it was 20 to nothing, I want to yeah. say. Um, which, you know – isn't unmanageable. Right. Um, but then the defense came out flat in the second half. And obviously uh, the big storyline from this game, in my opinion, is KJ Jefferson goes down on the third drive of the game, right. uh, does not come back. Arkansas gets blown out. And it that's, uh, you know, for a guy who's been uh, one of the best players in program history, uh, that's not the way you want it this time to end. If it is the end for KJ Jefferson, um, 
you know, there are some reports saying that uh, coming into this game, saying that he was uh, trying to request another year of eligibility yeah. from the NCAA. Um, there are reports flying around that he's entering the transfer portal, which I would completely understand. Oh, yeah. um, uh, per KJ's Instagram lives that I've been watching yeah. uh, religiously, he is adamantly denying that he's made any decision. Not that he won't go to the transfer right. portal, but that he has not decided that he's going to the transfer portal, um, which is nicer to hear. Um, it really is. But yeah, the less we could say about that game, the the better. Yeah. I'd rather talk about the news that happened more recently with football and, and then than that game. I'm trying yeah. to keep, I'm trying to just knock that game out of my head. Yeah, we left at the beginning and we left like uh, halfway through the fourth quarter. Don't blame um, me. We really tried to stick it out um, because, uh, funny enough, that's Lacey's second um, uh, Razorback football game, and it's my third. Um, but so that but, was a Georgia game, right? Yes. Man, um, so she got Razorback so, blowouts in both of them. So we tried to stick it out because she'd never seen the Razorback score any points. <laughs> um, and we just couldn't do it. Um, yeah. But as we walked out of the stadium, as we were walking across the parking lot, the Razorbacks punched in a touchdown. We heard the fireworks. So she kind of almost right. saw them score. Um, but yeah, technically, she's never seen a Razorbacks touchdown sitting in the stands. That is brutal. Um, yeah, that is brutal. Uh, she's never seen a Razorback point I, even. I didn't um, see a Razorback touchdown in person this year either. Shout out Mississippi State game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we went to the Georgia game and that was thirty-eight to nothing. Yeah. Uh, this one was, uh, it was thirty-five to nothing at the point, thirty-four to nothing at the point that we left. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a tough one yeah. to swallow, uh, to say the least. <laughs> um, then we have Iowa, Nebraska. This game was up and down, all over the place. Um, honestly, I was surprised. This was the game we were watching as we walked out the door right. to go leave um, for the Razorback game, and I was surprised that this score ended thirteen ten because it was near the end of the fourth quarter. Nebraska had great field position. Yep. Um, and I guess they completely butchered uh, the sequence yep. here. Threw an interception. Threw yeah. an interception. And then Iowa had thrown an interception on the previous possession, which gave Iowa the good – or Nebraska the good field position. Then they followed up with an interception, and then Iowa went out. I mean, it was it was peak Big Ten West football, to say the least. Yeah, makes a whole lot of sense. But Iowa gets it done. The under hits again. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you I'm get, liking this bet of the weeks where I'm just going to bet the Iowa under. I think that's yeah, just a new trend. Um, Steeler I, unders and Iowa unders. That's my place. That's <laughs> just, I mean, at that point, you're just making money. Uh, yeah. um, it's automatic. But, you know, Iowa is in an interesting situation now heading into this Big Ten championship right. game where they don't have an offense, sure, but they have a good defense and – it leads to a conversation that I'll open up a little bit more to when we actually get to right. our conference championship uh, matchups. Um, but TCU-Oklahoma, a yeah. matchup that was not close. No. Uh, the Sooners, uh, to me, this game, too little too late for Oklahoma. They just got in that right. run uh, close to the end of the season and cost themselves a chance at the Big Ten championship or Big 12 championship, which wasn't entirely over – win that game yeah. hit final. Um, but obviously they were having to bank on an Oklahoma State loss. Right. Um, 
Texas got the job done against Texas Tech. Uh, obviously, everyone was hoping Texas Tech could pull something out here, one more miracle, um, just to make a little bit more interesting right. television uh, for that Big 12 championship <laughs> game. Um, and then Oregon, um, they're leaving no questions uh, as we head into the Spec 12 championship game that, uh, you know, they're one of the top teams in the country and that they can hang with Washington. Um, and it's setting up an interesting situation because Washington has the upper hand, but if you look coming into this Pac-12 championship, yep. uh, Oregon's the betting favorite uh, against an undefeated opponent who right. has beat them in the regular season. Um, but you just kind of look at some of these games down the stretch, and we'll talk about this past week's game, but Washington has not been – yeah. They haven't been bad, but they haven't been the team that they looked like at the beginning of the year. Right. Uh, honestly, though the offense seems to have taken a step back, the defense has taken a massive oh, yeah. leap um, to guarantee these wins at the end of the season. Yeah, and not only that, um, they've been more, I would say, of a balanced offense. They have gotten the ground game working uh, a lot more in recent weeks. Uh, Dylan Johnson, the running back, he's had a great couple weeks. He's almost at 1,000 yards for the season, which – at the start of the year with the amount that they were passing, you would have thought, yeah, right, a thousand-yard rusher for Washington in this offense. Um, but that's yeah. the thing. They're more balanced on the offensive end, so maybe that means them not being as explosive in offense. And then you talk about it. the defense has stepped up, uh, to say the least, in some of those games. But, yeah, um, I was shocked whenever I saw the line for the Oregon-Washington game. I thought Oregon would be favored in the game, but I didn't expect them to be basically a 10-point favorite. Yeah. That, that one kind of surprised me. Yeah, I, I personally, I, I just don't think that's a, the right way to look at it uh i don't think this game is going to be a double digit uh, deficit no, for absolutely wins. Not. um it just hasn't been like that the last two years um you know washington oregon have met the last two years washington's won both games and really i you hate to say it but dan lanning is to blame for both of those losses yeah. and it's just a matter <clears> of <throat> can he get out of his own way here in the pac-12 championship and not only that can he just win the game before the final three minutes yeah. if he can do that then we don't have to worry about any scenario with him at all just win it before the final few minutes of the game and you won't have to worry for sure um Kentucky, massive, monstrous upset against Louisville. And this is exactly what we were talking about coming into this game. Uh, Kentucky was sitting at 6-5, and five, um, and it doesn't look like a great record, but they play in a maybe the best football conference in the country. Yep. Um, and they've had a pretty grueling schedule, especially when you look at how good uh, that SEC East has um, has been this year, Missouri, yep. Florida, Tennessee, and Georgia, obviously all teams that they have And faced. not to mention, they played Alabama from the SEC West to go along with that. So, I mean, it is uh, it has not been an easy schedule at all. But, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I did not see this coming from them. And it really – I don't want to say anything was like super amazing, like, like amazing about Kentucky. They just stayed in the game. They had a long kick return in it. They were just hanging around in the game. And really, Devin Leary, uh, for the first time this year, actually, like, kind of, I was kind of impressed by him in the game. 200 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, the ground game wasn't as strong in the game, but nonetheless, it was enough to get the win. And for Louisville, I mean, the loss hurts. But now, I mean, all you can do now is just play spoiler on Saturday night. That's all you can do now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is an unfortunate end to the Louisville season um, because, uh, you know, Cards are, are were already stacked against you, um, you when you talk about having the one loss because right. of who it was to and, you know, how things might potentially shake out that even had they won the ACC at one loss, 
Um, you know, it wasn't going to be necessarily easy going getting in, especially with no Jordan Travis. I think that was certainly going to hurt, hurt their case. Um, but now this loss to Kentucky really all but does it. In my opinion, I think there is only one two-loss team that can make the championship, um, and to me that's Iowa. I think <laughs> Iowa has the only chance just because the team that they're playing is regarded as one of the best teams in college football in Michigan. Um, and you know, that's a win against Michigan. I don't think guarantees you in, I don't know that it gets you in, but I think that's the only team you can swing. I know Louisville's playing the number four team in the country, but the immediate excuse if they win that game is they didn't have Jordan Travis, whether it matters or not. Personally, I think Louisville could give Florida state a fight the way they played before Jordan Travis was hurt. They, this Florida state team kind of slowed down and they played to their opponents a lot. That Clemson game should not have been close. And of course they kind of ran away with it really at the end and into overtime. But I mean, it feels like that with them and with Georgia, I mean, Georgia played a close game with Georgia tech, which I'm sure we'll talk about maybe in a little bit, but they're, they just played down to their competition a little bit. And so you, it's hard to tell what the true overall like talent level of the team is. And that, that kind of ruins their chances. But uh, yeah, for Louisville, they're going to try to play spoiler and, and take down Florida state. I mean, they still have a chance to win the ACC in their first year with a new coach, a lot of new players coming in. It would set a really good standard for the future of football at Louisville. Absolutely. Just to put this program on the right track, uh, which it already seems to be. Um, then we had the game, Michigan, Ohio State. And uh, this game was really everything you could want oh my and gosh, a little bit yes. more, uh, unless you wanted good offensive football, because I'll, <laughs> I won't lie to you. These While the yardage may tell one story, uh, for at least for Ohio State. Um, it was not pretty for Ohio State as far as keeping the ball in their hands. Um, and, you know, this game, if it tells you anything about how little the offense has really impacted this game, uh, this game was basically decided by an interception that Kyle McCord threw on the yeah. second drive in the first quarter. Um, it kept Ohio State behind the eight ball the whole game because the teams were just kind of not really there on offense. And when one team scored, the other team scored and just kind of kept it the same. And that left it to a six-point game. Ohio State gets the ball, um, and they were driving well. Uh, They had the fumble that almost cost them. Um, But then, and maybe the most questionable situation of all, Kyle McCord airmails it, interception, game's over um but i don't know maybe it's just me i don't care who you are i know how talented this ohio state team is but if you're gonna throw the ball up into trouble it's got to be to the best player in college football it it has to be it has to be marvin harrison jr's way i don't know i don't i think maybe one pass went his way on that last drive the first one yeah um he only had five catches in the whole game so uh, you're down six. You need to get into the end zone. You have no timeouts, um, you know, inside of a minute. And they literally went to him a couple plays before to pick. I think they picked up like 30-something yards yeah. on the play. So, I mean, yeah, when in doubt, you live live by your best receiver or you live by your best offensive player, you die by your best offensive player. Yeah, That's I mean, how it should be. I think if you're going to force the ball anywhere, you force it to the best player in college football. At least then, if you throw an interception throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr., you'll say there's nothing we could have done. That's our best player. Um, But working it up to the field to guys like Julian Fleming, who's had an up-and-down career at Ohio State, certainly not what it was supposed to be. 
I can't I can't say his name. Uh Ameka uh Abuka. Let's go with Abuka. We'll go uh, with that for now. <laughs> Let's roll with it. Yeah, he and he's been pretty good in his time. Um, but obviously he just had the fumble literally right before that, after he made the catch, had the fumble that they were able to get on top of. Um, you know, this was not exactly the situation you wanted to be in if you're Ohio State. I really, honestly, Ohio State had Michigan on the ropes. They forced him to the field goal. I think, truly, the momentum was in the favor of Ohio State. And we, it's just kind of what we've seen from Kyle McCord all year. He just has not, for the most part, been able to step up when the moment calls for him. Yeah, uh, really didn't uh, step up, in my opinion, either. Um, and again, let us just say we are not Kyle McCord haters. I'm not a Kyle McCord hater. I would no. like for players to succeed. I never root for a player to fail, um, except for Antonio Brown. That's a totally different reason. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he just made some errors. Like you talk about that first interception of the game, it really did pretty much sealed the deal early on because they were playing from behind the whole way. And that last pass, he got hit as he threw it, but I think even if he didn't get him when he threw it, he was basically throwing into triple coverage. Yeah. That might have been intercepted no matter what. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. You, If you're going to go to anyone, if you're going to lob a ball in a triple or double coverage, that one player should be Marvin Harrison Jr. no matter what. It's got to be him. Uh, and Michigan, uh, I, give them, I give them credit. They were pretty balanced offensively. You know, they weren't elite passing ball with J.J. McCarthy, but he made the big throws when they need him to. Blake Corum was on the ground, not dominant on the ground. I think he only had like 80-something yards rushing, but he had two touchdowns, so they need, relied on him whenever they needed him most. And the defense got the big stop at the end. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, it lived up to to the hype of it. But, I mean, for Ohio State, this is this is a, this is a new low for you. Yeah. Uh, you talk about the, all the stuff that happened with the private investigator uh, rumored to be hired from Ohio State to investigate Michigan, led to Harbaugh being suspended. Don't got their head coach on the sideline. Money in the bank. This should be easy for us. Yeah. We got it. He's not there. I know they have the rest of their coaching staff, but they don't have their number one leader who's been there the past few years. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's got to be one of the more uh, embarrassing losses for Ohio State, um, at least in my opinion, in the game. And also, I mean, it just keeps on coming into question Ryan Day. He's a great coach. He wins the games. Um, but he is only one in three against Michigan. And no matter how good you are, if you're one in three against that kind of rival every single year, you're you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose people yeah. no matter what. I mean, people were calling like Maurice Claret, who's a obviously a running back for Ohio State in two thousands. He had posted for the game that he was with Ryan Day ready to go. As soon as they lost, he was like, Man, you gotta go, Ryan Day. You yeah. can't win those big games. Uh yeah, Twitter had Ohio State Twitter had exploded. I, I had to I saw that Ryan Day was like the number three trending thing after the game. <laughs> Uh, and I went on there, and it was toxic, to say the least. But, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of fans in Columbus right now and all over the United States and, here for the Ohio State. Yeah, and just in general, I'm peop- and let me clarify. People who think he should be fired, I mean, listen, I hate on Ryan Day more than anybody. I've hated on him probably since 2019 when he got hired. Um, but anyone who thinks they're going to fire him is just yeah. ridiculous. They're not going to fire a coach who is constantly getting you to 10-1 and or 11-0. and enter in the last game of the year, you finish with 10 wins or 11 wins. You're not going to get fired for that. If I, I would say this, if there wasn't an expanded playoff knocking on the door, I think Ryan Day's job might be in question that, because 11, point. 11 and one doesn't get you to the college football playoff right now when you're losing to Michigan every single year because it's getting Michigan in. But with this expanded playoff, Hey, 
you might lose the game to Michigan, but you go to the playoff and maybe you don't have to worry about playing them. And maybe a, you get a chance to revenge yeah. at them depending on how the playoff structure is and how it works out with those final rankings. So, but I completely agree with you, especially with the current state college football is headed. 10-11 wins gives you a fighting chance at the college football playoff. Um, I certainly think that's not something you're going to pass up. But uh, I'd love to see Ryan Day get fired. Personally, I just don't like the guy. Uh, agreed. Uh, agreed. He's not a likable presence. Uh, and I'll say this to close it out for Ohio State fans. Uh old man uh probably dementia ridden lou holtz wins that game for ohio state Mm -hmm. i'd like to know where lou holtz is at right now i'd like to know where ryan day is at right now um (laughs) because he wasn't on the sideline yeah um but yeah i I think it's a tough loss for ohio state um i mean they're they're I mean, I want to say they're out of it when you look at it, but I mean, let's face it, rank six, they're they're not out of it, but yeah. they're out of it. Um, just a stat for you at you know, I was gonna save this for the college football playoff uh chaos that I have uh brewing for us yep. in just a second, but I'll go ahead and bring the stat now. Um since the beginning of the college football playoff, and I think maybe this shows a slight ineptitude of the college football playoff committee. I don't think this is a, a good stat for them. Um, but since the college football playoff, um, no team outside of the top six in the pin ultimate uh, college football playoff or the one before the final one uh, has ever made it. No team outside of the top six has ever made it to the college football playoff. And Interesting. After the pin at ultimate one. So that one before the last one, every time one of those top uh, four of those top six teams made it. Um, no matter the situation, I don't. I don't like that stat. That does um, not seem like a fun stat to me. Yeah, <laughs> um, that basically means if you're not in the top six, uh, like, you don't yeah. get any consideration whatsoever. Uh, and you know, you look at last year, and as much as TCU, I think deserved to be there and be in it, uh, and I loved rooting for them, and they did make the national championship game. Um, you know, that goes to show just how much the committee had locked them up. Exactly. Uh, that stat goes to show it. I mean, they didn't look outside the top yeah. six. They were like, oh, USC lost? All right, well, I guess USC just doesn't get in there. Yeah, I guess we'll just put Ohio State in there. Yeah. They're, the, they're the next one up. And, I mean, that's exactly just what happened. And um, so, you know, I've got an interesting situation that will test it. Uh, there is a team in this college football playoff uh, and in these rankings that is going to put that very stat to the test and could possibly yep. break it. And that is uh, the number seven Texas Longhorns uh, as well as some other teams. But we'll get into that in a moment. Um, Auburn and Alabama played one of the greatest games I've ever watched in my entire oh the my Iron The Iron Bowl delivers. For, for people saying rivalry games are going to mean nothing, um, conference championship games are going to mean nothing. Be well, quiet. Look at this game. One <laughs> – I'm sorry, you're stupid if you say conference championships mean nothing. They're literally automatic bids yeah. to the college football playoff. Literally they on, mean yeah. more than anything. It literally means like the same with those uh, lower-level conference teams. When they make their conference championships in college basketball, they know they win their championship. They're going to they're gonna play against the best of the best. That's pretty much what this is guaranteeing you. Look at... I'm going to give you two teams or three teams right now that have two losses and have a long shot at the college football playoff if they have any at all. Oklahoma State, Louisville, Iowa. All of those teams are playing in their conference championships. If this was next year's setup, all three of those teams win and they're in no yep. matter what because they've won their conference. Exactly. Um, 
I it I mean it doesn't make any that means more than Iowa, Oklahoma State, and Louisville might all come out and not try just because they don't think they have a chance. They shouldn't, uh, because conference championships do still mean yes. something. But you could very well see one of the, these teams get behind and it just gets in their head and these teams give yeah. up. But I mean, but this game, I mean, I mean, it's just, it was yeah. insane. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it except for, uh, you know, there's been so many insane iron bowls. I've, I don't know how to officially rank them, but this yeah. is, this is top three, at least this is top three, at least. Yeah. I think kick six has got to be number yeah, one. It's this be number might one. be number two, but there's been, Tons to me, so I think it was the what was the year Tua got injured and Mac Jones and then played. That was like the highest scoring Iron Bowl. That's that was yeah. a good, that was a great one too. Um, and then uh, it was the year after the kick six. Whenever they played at Alabama, that was another fun one. Um, and I'm sure there were plenty even before that in the 90s, 80s, 70s, etc. But yeah, um, for me personally, it's got to be top three. But I mean Auburn. Oh my gosh, I don't yeah. think I've seen a more brutal way to lose a game. Um, yeah, this was uh, truly a, a, a painful one for me to watch because I personally did not understand what Auburn was doing yeah. on defense. Um, they rushed only a couple, which I understand, but they only had three guys standing in the end zone, and they didn't run like a man coverage. They ran yeah. just everybody in a zone. And everybody was in a zone, but only three guys were back in the end zone. Uh, it should have been nine guys lining up personally across the goal line. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know how that doesn't happen. And yeah. we see exactly the thing that happens. A guy followed. Um, I don't even know which receiver caught the ball. Um, um, but a, yeah. a guy followed him up the field, and then he faked in. And both him and the safety bit in, and there's no help. On Isaiah the- Bond was who caught it, yeah. And there's no help on the outside of the end yeah. zone. Dude was wide open. And also another thing that just bothered me, I saw like a huge angle on it. They had a QB spy about five yards behind the line of scrimmage from Jalen Miller. Why do you have a QB spy? It's fourth and goal for the yeah. 31. If you have nine guys back in the end zone, let him run. He can run 20, 30 yards. Just tackle him short of the goal line. It was fourth and goal. It wasn't like yeah. it was fourth and five. That's exactly what I was thinking. I, I think part of their issue to me was that, you know, you talk about it and you see that this team, ba- again, backed up pretty far. I get not dropping everybody in the ends. I mean, I don't think it makes any sense, but I can see how you can reason out, oh, what if they try and pitch it or throw it short and pitch it? Sure. Or <laughs> you could just stand on the one yard line, literally or the protect goal the line end zone, <laughs> and just don't let them get in. If they throw it short, they now, now you have to run thirty yards without getting tackled or fump, mishandling uh, a lateral. Right. I mean, I it, mean, it's it, it's common it's common sense. I mean, I still I just still get amazed. Like I still think about my reaction every time. I just turn and as soon as I see him throw the ball and I look, I was like, "Why is there one on one coverage? Why is it one on one? What are you doing?" And then he caught. I mean, because that was just in my house. Like, why in the world does he want? To, how does that happen in that situation? But I mean, as much as it hurts for Auburn, I mean, let's face it: the first year in Hugh Freeze, they finished six and six. I, I as much as I hate saying it, I like where they're heading. Yeah, this, I like where they're heading. This season was a win and. At six, at six and five, they pushed Alabama to the brink. And um, keep in mind, almost beat Georgia 
this year yeah. too. And Hugh Freeze is a guy who uh, one of the few guys to beat Saban multiple times when he was at Ole Miss. He's a guy that has experience. So they get more talent in there, more guys that fit that system. Um, they might be a problem for the years to come, which I, which I hate, but as much as I hate to say, they're heading in that right direction. Yeah. I, I mean, I completely agree. It, it was just a game that I watched and I thought, man, this, this is not how this football game should end. Yeah. Um, even though it was a great game, it, that play obviously is going to live in infamy. Um, I don't even know what, what would be the name for it? Was it, I've saw people calling it the Milro miracle. I like that. Actually, um, that co- that yeah. goes off the that rolls off the tongue pretty well. I like that. So I don't I don't know if that will be how we officially remember it, but it'll it, be hard to talk the kick six just yeah. for a name. I mean, kick six. I mean, that just that sticks. Yeah, I, I think the f- best part about that play is obviously the fact that it's uh, Saban falling on his own sword. There, he fought for that extra second <laughs> to kick a field goal that came up way yeah. short. Did you see what they did at the end of the first half uh, no. for the Auburn Alabama? So I think it was. Uh, I don't know if it was Auburn. Someone was on offense, and they threw a pass on the final play of the first half. And there was uh, – yeah, it was Auburn, and they threw the pass, and it went down. And the time ran out, and Brad Ness was like, yeah, I think there was a second left. And Gary Danielson's like, well, I mean, we know what happens when there's only a second left in this rivalry, so let's see what happens. And then Auburn missed a field goal. So it hurt. But it was yeah. funny from Gary. He's like, I mean, we've seen – We've seen this happen yeah. with a second being added back. So, <laughs> yeah, you fight for that second, it might pay the price. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma State BYU a forty to thirty four uh, thriller that this went was to fun two to OT. Watch. Um, and the big thing in this game was obviously Oklahoma State loses; they're out of the Big Twelve Championship. They win; uh, they're in. Um, and Oklahoma was really rooting for BYU, and they almost pulled it out. Uh, but again, as we said, Oklahoma State gets the job done and gets in. And uh, this uh, interesting storyline throughout the year of a team that's kind of turned it around after the first couple of weeks. Um, they head in, and they have a chance to give the Longhorns uh, some trouble. Yep, they do. And I mean, Ollie Gordon. I mean, if in my opinion, he's got to be. I know there's usually only three finalists, but sometimes there's four for the Heisman Trophy that they take to New York. He better be right up there with Jane Daniels, with Bo Nix, and Michael Penix. He needs to be up there with a, a five rushing touchdowns in this game, 166 yard, yards on the ground. Um, they fought for it. And shout out to BYU. I mean, they they fought and made this competitive because I didn't. I was watching Alabama-Auburn the entire time, so I didn't even think to check yeah. the score of that game. And I'm like, well, I'll check on it on ABC. And I saw there was like five minutes left BYU was winning. And I was like, what in the world's happening here? So, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, an event. Um, Arizona closes out their regular season uh, in a magnif- magnificent fashion. 59-23 victory over Arizona State. Um, I mean, what can you say for this team? Uh, unfortunately, they're – I am so mad that they that they can't play for a conference championship. Yeah, their fate had already been decided the night before, um, but they still came out. They played hard. They closed out this season 9-3. and three. I don't think anybody saw that coming. No. Um, they are going to have themselves a bowl game. Uh, so – Absolutely. And Jed Fish, the head coach, better in my opinion, is the coach of the year. Yeah. Um, at least he's up there. Uh, he should be at least Pac-12 coach of the year. Um, he's got to be top contender for it because the job he's done, it's been a slow couple of years at Arizona, but they've been building and building. And then this year it all worked out. And, you know, you're entering a new conference next year, so you don't know exactly what to expect from them opponent-wise. But this was a strong finish for them. Uh, as they enter into that new conference, you got to like where they're at as a program, despite, you know, the whole money issue thing that happened like a few weeks yeah. ago. 
Uh, yeah, that that was. I think Arizona doesn't want to be that meant to be mentioned. Like, look at our football team. Don't 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 look at what we did. Don't right. don't look at it. Perfect distraction. <laughs> um, Washington plays a thriller in. Is it called the Apple Cup? Yes, it um, is. Between Washington and Washington State, um, and this game was close. I was watching it with bated breath. Obviously, uh, it was way under sixty five. Uh, not way under, but. Not close. Can we talk about the fact that like our like whenever each time we did like the lowest like under and the highest over the one that hit was the under to me that yeah. was like the exact opposite of what I thought happened like oh Austin's will hit easily I'll be lucky if the under hits in mine. <laughs> yeah, no the the unders are just hitting right now. Uh, Washington just they're they're I feel like they're playing like you said more balanced football and so there's just less time to score right now. Right. Um but you know a great drive and uh you know 0 for 1 on the night Grady Gross steps into a massive spot a sophomore kicker uh who was not on scholarship at the time comes up flushes one for the Washington win uh in a truly thrilling ball game. They get the job done. Michael Penix is overcome with emotion. He can't even watch uh, the final sequence, um, and Grady Gross gets the job done, um, earns himself a scholarship immediately after the game. Um, this is a great win for Washington, showed great toughness. Uh, the defense held up when it needed to, and at the end of the game, Penix got the team in the situation to hit the field goal, and obviously Gross connected. Um, this team may not be the same offensive superpower that it was, but it's a more balanced team, and uh, it's a team that I think is going to – be able to hang with Oregon still. They beat oh, yeah. them before. I'm, yeah. This game is not going to be a blowout. Uh, Washington is very much uh, still, I think, the top dog in yeah, the Pac-12. Yeah, absolutely. But I also I feel bad for Washington State. I mean, this barely missing out on the bowl game, which, by the way, we're talking about real quick, due to not many teams making the bowl games at 6-6, six and six, James Madison and Jacksonville State both are going to get to play in bowl games. You love to see it. You would love it to not even be an issue and James Madison be considered maybe for a New Year's Six. But yeah. um, nonetheless, they're still getting to a bowl game. And actually, we had some news break involving Washington State and Oregon State while we were discussing, Austin. Really? Yep. The Mountain West has finalized a 2024 scheduling agreement with Oregon State and Washington State. All 12 Mountain West Conference teams will play seven conference games and one game against Oregon State and Washington State which will not count in the standings. So they have a scheduling plan for that. Obviously, you know, you'd like Oregon and Washington, Oregon State and Washington State to be in conferences, but they at least have a plan for the next year. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. I guess it just will depend on the kind of schedules uh, that they play outside right. of that because, you know, it's going to be the, what, uh, five or six highest ranked uh, champion, conference champions and. One of those two teams, those two teams will play each other in the Pac-12 championship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if they can get their, you know, do some stuff to get their rankings high enough, uh, maybe put themselves in contention. Uh, even you know, even if you're not high enough ranked to be one of those top five, still put yourself in college football playoff contention right. just by Absolutely. winning the conference championship, um, trying to get in there. But yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens. Uh, I think. Again, I think if I read correctly, the thing, the only thing that's keeping Washington State and Oregon State in there is because they're the last two teams in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 can sue them for leaving early. Yeah. Um, just and and also there's, I think there was a whole court case going on about that. I'm not going to go into detail on that at all. Yeah, I think basically 
the whole issue is that the Pac-12 is kind of holding these two teams hostage right now <laughs> because they can't admit that they ran the conference yeah. into the ground. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Pac-2 next year. Um, but Florida and Florida State play a thriller. It is a shame that this Florida team is going to miss out on a bowl game because uh, while it's 5-7 and seven and the season didn't look glamorous, uh, this team fought really hard and played everybody close. Yep. Um, they just lost a couple games that, uh, you know, maybe they shouldn't have. You know, you look at the Arkansas game, and as glad as I am that the Razorbacks won that game, uh, that is a game, when you look back on it, that the Razorbacks had no business winning. Yeah. Um, and they got <clears throat> the job done. Uh, but Florida State plays a close one. Um, and boy, oh boy, uh they stay stay alive for college yeah, football. They're number four right now, which basically ha- the way that's set up to me basically means: listen, you beat Louisville, you're going to be in. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's ever been a time since the playoff started that an undefeated Power Five conference champion has missed the playoff. Um, at least not off the top of my head, I don't think so. For any undefeated Power Five champion, um, I'm going to break this news to you. I think this is the case. Oh, the last time Florida State was undefeated. They did not make the college football playoff. What? I think uh, the year after Jameis made the college football no, playoff. No, no, did they? I think they went undefeated. I saw a stat that said the last time that they went undefeated, they didn't make the college football playoff. That's the, I'm, all right. I'm on research while we while we discuss yeah, here. Um, I'm on research duty. <laughs> but yeah, I completely agree with you. I think, especially with the way this shakes out, there aren't a lot of undefeated teams left, and there might not be a lot of undefeated teams left after conference uh, championship weekend. Um, I think you can't cheat them just because they don't have Jordan Travis. So the year after Jameis left 2014, which was their second straight, uh, you know, undefeated regular season, uh, they actually went 10 and two. Okay. That's what, that's what happened. Uh, and apparently, yeah, I think that's when Everett Golson had transferred there. Yes, the former Notre Everett Dame Golson. QB. Yeah. They were 10 and two then. So I think, yeah, they were right behind Clemson. That's what it was. They lost to Clemson and, Okay, maybe it meant undefeated regular season then, and they may have lost in the conference championship or something. May- or maybe. Right uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe the stat I read was just wrong. Um, <laughs> that's always possible. That is always possible. I mean, you can't trust anything on the – I mean, they can't put anything on the internet that isn't true, right? Just yeah. ask, Just ask Sports Illustrated about that. Yeah, <laughs> you're right about that. Um, but, no, uh, regardless, um, even if that stat isn't true, uh, you're right. Now, most likely, you know – even if that's not true, that may be the only instance of a team being undefeated and missing the playoff. But I, uh, you're you're right. You shouldn't, especially with this. It's not like there's going to be five undefeated teams coming right. out of this. Even if all the favorites win, it won't be five undefeated teams coming out of this. Um, so you can't cheat this team. It says more to me about this team if they finish the season undefeated without Jordan Travis than, oh, they don't have Jordan Travis. We don't want to see this. Uh, to me, it's unfair and it's unjust. Absolutely. Uh, and then we've got Georgia versus Georgia Tech. This game was close. Um, and kind of what you were saying earlier, what we were saying, uh, this is another team that's kind of playing to their competition right now. Um, and that is scary uh, coming oh, yeah. into this SEC Terrifying. championship. Um because if you're going to leave Alabama in the game, as we just saw last week, they're going to capitalize and they're going to rip exactly. your heart out. Um, so Georgia's got to play their best football. Uh, they're the number one team in the nation right now. Um, but in uh, uh, we're in a we're in a college football year where again it's it's hard to pick 
that number one team. Right. Um, because any given week, uh, anything has truly happened for some of these teams. And even though they're undefeated, uh, you know, there have just been some games that they played a little too close. And while I give Georgia Tech a lot of credit, uh, they have really uh, started a turnaround, I think, in this program uh, that, uh, you know, they maybe can uh, build on for years to come. Absolutely. Um, I mean, six and six year and a new coach uh, there in his first full year. He was the interim uh, coach. He got the full job after last year. So, yeah, that's going to be um, a big thing for Georgia Tech is just building on this year, building on it. And like I said, with Georgia, I mean, it's terrifying that they are playing. Again, we don't know what to because in the big games against the teams that they played this year, they came they came ready to play. I mean, let's yeah. let's address the elephant in the room. Uh, Tennessee, they destroyed them. Ole Miss, they destroyed them. Kentucky, they destroyed them. Florida, they destroyed them. And then they play a close game against Vanderbilt, close game against Georgia Tech, um, almost lose to Auburn too, um, struggle with South Carolina who didn't even make a bowl game. So it just feels like at times they play down their competition, but they know when to step up and do it. So I really, I mean, it's one of those teams where I don't know if I can trust them fully because I don't know what I'm going to get each game. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you. Um, I think that's a a very fair statement. Um, But let's take a look at these rankings. Uh, Really, uh, we're just going to glance at the top 10. Yeah. Um, But... We've got Georgia stays at number one, but after Ohio State loses, they drop all the way down to six. Michigan moves up one to two, Washington up one to three, Florida State up one to four, and Oregon up one to five. Uh, Texas stays put at seven, Alabama stays put at eight, uh, Missouri stays put at nine, and Penn State moves back into the top ten at number ten as Louisville dropped all the way out down to 14. Um, This uh, sets up an interesting situation, and for the statistic that I just brought up to you, right? Um, I think um, that may be why Texas got put in seven, um, because nothing. I mean, Ohio State should be outside of Alabama and outside of Texas. Yeah, that that's the one that makes me a little bit upset because whenever I saw it and everyone was hyping it up, they're like, yeah, the winner of this game is in the loser is basically. And I, I was like, I agree because they'll move up Texas and Alabama. And I mean, Ohio state will pretty much be out of it because they won't play for a conference championship. They're like, Nope, Ohio state at six, Bama, Texas, y'all stay where you're at. And I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair to Texas and Alabama at all. No, I don't, but I'm right now hoping and looking at it as they're expecting one of those teams to be able to make it in and they want to, uh, destroy that top six stat uh, coming into this last year. Hopefully, hopefully four. that's the plan. <laughs> um, but I guess we'll see. Um, so I have, uh, well, before we get into my fun little hypothetical, I jumped the gun. I'm so excited to do He's, this. Yeah, I was about to say, you, you were um, hyping it up to me. Uh, but let's do our team and player of the week first. Uh, that way, um, I don't get ahead of myself here. Uh, I'm just so excited to do it because there are so many possibilities and there, to me, there's not really, well, I mean, there are wrong answers, but I think you won't be somebody who comes up with a wrong answer for this. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, let's go team of the week. Uh, at number one, I put Alabama while it wasn't, uh, necessarily the biggest win of their entire year. Uh, it's an exciting finish. It's what you expect from the Iron Bowl and what you expect from Rivalry Weekend. Um, this was a situation where when I saw it got to fourth and 31, basically, uh, I almost turned off the game because I was just like, well, it's pretty much over for Alabama. But because I'm such an Alabama hater, I wanted to see, <laughs> you their, see the last. I wanted to see their tears flowing <laughs> as their college football playoff hopes went out the door 
And uh, unfortunately, I watched one of the best endings in college football, even if I didn't like it one bit. Uh, and number two, I have Michigan. Um, this was the game. Um, they've dominated it as of late um, after being dominated for so long in this game. Um, and the big question, obviously, coming into this, there was a lot of bad blood. Uh, right. The reports between uh, Ohio State and Michigan about the private investigators and such. No Jim Harbaugh. Uh, what was it going to be? This was going to be Michigan's toughest test. And again, I think while the Michigan offense is looking unimpressive, uh, not necessarily that they're playing bad, but they're not playing like they were. Right. Um, they're getting the job done and they're winning games and they win uh, a win and get in almost situation just because I think you Michigan still got to win the conference championship, but it's certainly win or go home right. uh, type of situation. Um, Oregon at number three, um, they came out and they left no questions coming into this conference championship game um, because I'm not saying that it would have happened, but maybe you play a close game with Oregon State that doesn't look good. Um, maybe you drop a spot or maybe Ohio State stays ahead of you uh, in the college football playoff rankings, just something like that as you head in this Pac-12 championship that you know keeps you just a little bit further outside right. that top four that even if you win, do you get in? Um, they're eliminating all question. I think Oregon's put themselves very much in a win-and-get-in situation. I think they're very close if they're not gar- guaranteed off of a win-and-get-in um, just because of how dominantly they've played everybody after that Washington game. Uh, then at number four, I went Kentucky. Uh, this was a big and massive upset that I didn't see coming. Um Maybe I should have had it a little higher, but I like some of these other games, some of these other performances. I think Kentucky played a good game. I think they played their best game of the year in this game, um, and that's really a shame. Uh, I think if they had had more performances like this, this would be uh, a team that really would have rivaled Georgia uh, in that SEC uh, East. And then at number five, I put Washington, uh, kind of what I harped on earlier, um, while it wasn't the same offensive explosion that we were used to seeing from this team at the beginning, the defense is playing so much better. Uh, if it was the defense from the beginning of the year, Washington loses this game. Um, and the run game is so much better. The, this is a team that's playing more like a team and less like just Michael Penix carrying them uh, through, the, through their games. Um, and that's what I think is going to make them so scary coming up. All right. Uh, my top five, number one, I went with Kentucky here just because, I mean, this one, I mean, like I said, this just completely caught me off guard uh, and a great job by them. And, you know, people are like, this is absolutely something. But you also remember Mark Stoops, the coach. He is a terrific coach. He's a well-coached guy and a well-coached football team that he has there. And, you know, at first, after like at 20, maybe a few hours after that game, it looked like that was his final game at Kentucky. Yeah. Um, shout out AM fans being the worst people on the planet. You are piles of garbage as always. Um, Absolutely. Uh, but anyway, it was a great win for Kentucky. Number two, went right with you. Went with Michigan there. Uh, they won the game. Uh, they got it done, even though literally you have one of the biggest handicaps ever. You don't have a head coach. Yeah. Um, they're on the sideline with you, and they still got it done. Number three, uh, I went with Iowa State here. They've got a win against Kansas State. In a blizzard in Farmageddon. If you got to see any video from that game, it was a fun game to watch in a full blizzard. Um, but the thing to remember, Iowa State, they had that whole gambling drama in the offseason where they had like four, like a lot of players say yeah. they were gambling on games. So they and even their starting quarterback got in trouble for him, was suspended for the entire year. So 
A ton of new faces came in. This team finished seven and five, six and three, tied for third in the Big 12 this year, despite pretty much starting a true freshman quarterback, a lot of freshmen and new faces on the offense. This might be Matt Campbell's best coaching job at Iowa State. And that and that says a lot because that 2020 job and uh, I think it was 2018 uh, job that he did were really great. Yes, so absolutely. That, that says a lot there. Number four, uh, like I said, I went with Oregon. Um, was really hoping for a great game on Friday night, this past Friday, and it so just um, went down the drain. Hopefully we have a great game tonight, <laughs> unlike that past Friday. Uh, but Oregon absolutely dominated that game. A great shout-out to them. And, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, if I'm a team in that top four, I am rooting for Washington to win. I would rather play Washington than play Oregon right now. Yeah, just because uh, at least right now, Washington's defense looks good, but their offense isn't hanging 60. Yeah. You can hang with yeah. them. Oregon is putting up 50 to 60 points in every yeah. single They are literally – I've said it a few weeks ago, I'm saying it. To me, they're the most balanced team in college football this year. And uh, my fifth one, had to shout them out, the Iowa Hawkeyes, 10-2 and two season. And I hear – you ready for this insane stat? Um, for They have the most wins for a team that ever had let 250 total yards or less – of offense, like per average in a game, you know who had the second most wins? Like what their record was? Oh, uh, I would go four and uh, eight. Right on the money. UCF went four and wow. eight. That was the highest most wins for a team with that kind of thing. That tells you how weird this Iowa football team is. They are winning games in the most disgusting ways possible. And think about it: we are a horrible mismanaged thing by the referee with them not ruling for a fair catch from Iowa maybe being a playoff contender this year. And if they could literally get anybody to help improve their offense, literally, you probably can't do any worse than what it's been on offense. You can be a contender in the Big Ten for years to come with the level of defense that they keep on recruiting there. Yeah, uh, I'd say hats off to Iowa over there because um, they know what they do well and they basically oh, yeah. make the game about that. And that's why this team went 10-2 and two this year. That's why they're going to uh, the Big Ten Championship is because – they know they don't have the strongest offense. So what do they do? They build a nasty, mean defense, and you're just not going to get yeah. anything against them. <laughs> you, you, we're not going to score? That's fine. Neither yeah. are you. <laughs> yeah, neither are you. We'll still score more than you. And that's what they've done this season. Ten times they've scored more points than their opponents this season, and they have not scored a lot of points. I mean, I, th I think if, yeah, if we look at it, the most points they scored in a game this year was 41 against Western Michigan. Their next highest total – 26 against Michigan State. Um, but all that being said, we'll go ahead and look at our uh, social media votes. And Michigan and Alabama were our teams getting votes uh, from Fair. social media, which uh, led to Michigan with a 16-vote victory. Uh, Bama Dang. finished with nine, uh, and that was second place. Um, That's so, fair, though. It was the biggest game of the college football season, of the absolutely. regular season. Uh, they deserve it, to say the least. They certainly uh, got the job done. Uh, but let's go to our players of the week. And we had completely different players of the week. That's what I love to hear, though. Led to a completely massive uh, shift uh, in this. Uh, you know, it's so close, so thrilling. Um, but at number one, uh, I have Cody Schrader. Uh, I think. Partly putting this number one was because I witnessed this beating firsthand. Uh, Missouri's <laughs> running back. Uh, this guy's good this season. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I think we've had him on the list a couple times, but he had 190-something yards in the first half against the Razorbacks. Um, and then he went on to add for that for the little bit of the second half that he played uh, <laughs> to get well over 200 yards. Um, and the worst part was they were just running halfback sweep. And yeah. He just kept, they just kept finding the edge. Um, it was just because Landon Jackson was the only guy getting to the edge and no one else was getting yeah, out. Don't, don't even remind me. I feel like, I felt like I was watching like just like JJ Watt and then everyone else around him. That's what Landon Jackson's been like this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt so bad for him. But yeah, great job by Cody Schrader. I, I hate seeing him dominate, but he, he's been a, he's been a fun one for college football this he's year. He's absolutely uh, been an exciting talent. Uh, at, Number two, I have Jalen Milrow. Uh, obviously, the guy made the play of the year with his arm. Um, but on top of that, he had uh, almost 300 yards passing, multiple touchdowns, over 100 yards rushing. Um, this guy is really settling in, and Nick Saban is really buying in yeah. to letting him be a dual threat. Because, you know, even with Jalen Hurts and two guys who were, you know, mobile to some degree, um, he didn't really, you know, let them rush for a hundred yards a game on a consistent basis, but he's seeing that, uh, this is what helps this team be more successful, successful is this guy running for a hundred yards a game on the ground while right. still throwing for over two fifty. Um, so I, I give Jalen Miller credit and Alabama credit, but yeah, uh, makes the throw of the uh, throw of the year. Um, and has a great game to go on top of it. Got to be my number two. At number three, you know I love getting special teamers involved whenever I can. Uh, Harrison Mevis was a joy to watch in person, but he didn't really do anything incredibly significant. Um, but Grady Gross out of Washington, this guy was 0-for-1 on field goals um, in this game. He was 3-for-3 three three on extra points, um, but came into a big spot where it wasn't a chip shot, um, to put this uh, game away for uh, Washington. And he came in to avoid overtime, to get the job done in regulation, nailed it, uh, earned himself a scholarship. This guy had to be number three. At number four, I put Bo Nix. What else do I need to say? This guy's had a great <laughs> season um, and had another phenomenal performance against Oregon State. And at number five, I went with Billy Bowman, uh, DB out of OU. Um, this guy was uh, – doing it all in the secondary, and he had a little pick six to top it off in that TCU-Oklahoma game. Uh, so, love to see it uh, for Oklahoma, getting a little defensive involvement with Brent Venables. Yeah, not bad. Uh, my list, like you said, completely different. Uh, my number one, Abu Sama the third. And I know you're thinking, well, who the who the heck is that, Austin? Tell you, Iowa State running back, uh, and also – a freshman wow. from Des Moines, Iowa. So he's from Iowa and he's a true freshman came in uh, on the ground, 15 carries, 276 yards, three touchdowns, averaged 18 yards a carry in a blizzard. Mm. Are you kidding me? Great. It was a phenomenal performance by him and helped lead Iowa. Um, number two went with this man, one of this man's favorite players. I went with Audrey Estime uh, for the Notre Dame's win in the final game on the Pac-12 network. Yeah. That's still... Only um, right that the last game on the Pac-12 network, a Pac-12 team does not win. Yeah, that, and also it's not even yeah, both not. of them are Pac-12 teams. Uh, but Audrey Gastemay, 238 yards and four rushing touchdowns. Uh, I know it was against Stanford, but it still was a phenomenal performance. Number three, Ollie Gordon, like I said earlier, 
phenomenal. I think I've said his name maybe 15,000 times in the last couple of weeks, and I'm sure yeah. Austin has too. Uh, 166 yards, but five rushing touchdowns on the game. Uh, he was just a beast that got him over the top. Number four, you know, as much as Austin likes special teams, I like getting defensive players in here uh, on my list. And I, the one I went with, Jared Verse for Florida State, uh, two and a half sacks in their win over Florida. Uh, he's been one of the more underrated players, I think, in college football this year. Uh, and he's been a really solid piece on that defensive line. And number five, I had to put Jalen Milrow. Uh, probably, yeah, the play. What am I saying? Probably was the play of the season yeah. on that fourth and goal. It was a terrific throw by him. Um, you just ignore the throws he had where he went across the line of scrimmage earlier in the game. But you remember yeah. that throw. You're going to remember that throw. Absolutely. Um, and with that being said, Ollie Gordon and Jalen Milrow got votes on social media for us. Um, neither of our number one picks got any social heck, media guys? love. What the heck? Um, yeah, no love for Cody Schrader and uh, Abu Sama. Uh, but – with that being said, that's going to put Jalen Milrow as our player of the week uh, at eight votes to seven. Actually, I think you had Jalen Milrow as your fifth, so nine votes to seven. Yeah. Um, but phenomenal performances I, I there from this week. I'm disappointed in you people on, yeah. on social media. Come on. What, what do you got against yeah. Abu Sama and Cody Schrader? Come yeah, on. Yeah, well, I can understand maybe not voting for Cody Schrader. We'd probably have yeah. a – yeah, pretty high Arkansas demographic. Yeah, as I say, say that as I'm wearing an Arkansas <laughs> shirt, you have an Arkansas hat on. Yeah. So, um, but but nonetheless, I mean, it's it's due with those two Michigan team of the week. They had the biggest win of the season. Jalen Milrow had the biggest play of the season. Um, so yeah, it, it it works out well. But enough talk about that, Austin. Let's get to your chaos. You've been all hyping right. up to me all. You've been hyped up to me this morning about it. So. Let me uh, hear this. My uh, college football playoff chaos scenario, codename Yucky. Uh, let's get into it. <laughs> oh, uh, actually, before we get into that, breaking news. Cam- Washington State quarterback Cam Ward is planning to enter into the transfer portal. <laughs> um, no. Or Riley Leonard. Or no. Or both. Go to Arkansas. Or go to Arkansas. Two quarterback system. Cam Ward, go to Arkansas. Cam let's Ward make it Arkansas. make it the dream. Bobby, get it done. That's all I have to say. But enough about that. Get to your chaos scenario. All right. Codename Yucky. Here we go. Uh, at at number one, uh, well, not I shouldn't say number one because it sounds like I'm ranking them. But right. lead off, Oregon wins the Pac-12. They finish the season at 12-1. and one. Washington loses the Pac-12. They finish the season at 12-1. Okay. One. Texas wins the Big 12, and they finish 12-1. and one. Okay. Bama wins the SEC and they finish at twelve and one. Georgia loses. They finish at twelve and one. Okay. Florida State wins the ACC and finishes thirteen and zero. Iowa wins the Big Ten and finishes eleven and two. Michigan loses, finishes twelve and one. Jeez Louise. Liberty wins Conference USA, finishes thirteen and zero. Ohio State win. Uh, is just eleven and one. They don't do anything, right, so they'll right. sit at eleven and one. Tulane wins the American and finishes at twelve and one, and Toledo wins the MAC and finishes at twelve and one. Now I know what you're thinking. I just said Liberty, Tulane, and Toledo, but Liberty will be undefeated. Tulane will have one loss, and Toledo will have one loss. In this scenario, there will only be two undefeated teams: Florida State and Liberty. I think we should consider some other conference champions at 12 and 1. Would I pick them? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but you've heard my scenario. You see my yucky uh, right here. 
This has, if you want to count Iowa, which I'm going to, because I think if they win the Big Ten, they deserve to be considered. That puts us at three, six, nine, twelve teams in competition for four spots. Jeez Louise. Who gets in in this scenario? Who are you picking? And if I need to read it to you again, I will. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, I definitely think, obviously, Florida State's going to get in. I think Florida State should be the number yeah, one team they if should be, they if, finish at 13-0. If, if that all happens that way, uh, number two should be Oregon, especially if they I beat agree. Washington. Um, geez, Louise. Uh, number three, I still think they're going to get in, so I'd probably put Georgia at three. I think Georgia would get in at three. And, you know, I look at it this way. The way I decide this fourth spot, and overall, it's just my opinion. You look at the conference championship. Texas beats Oklahoma State. They beat the 20th ranked team in the country. Bama beats the number one team in the country. Which of those are you going to put in and give more credit to? Team that beat the number one team in the country. So Bama, to me, would sneak in to that fourth spot. That would be the top four. Florida State, Oregon, Georgia, and Alabama. I know there would be some controversy about Michigan maybe staying out of it, so maybe they would put Michigan at four. But in my opinion, if you beat the number one team in the country, a team that's, I don't think, lost since, well, Bama beat them in the SEC title yeah. game two years ago, they deserve the shot. Uh, but it would, to me, it would come down to either Alabama or Michigan for that final fourth spot. But, geez, Louise, you, 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 you put my brain into the blender here. Yeah, so here would be what I would do personally. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, I look at this situation for every single team as they should treat it as win or go home. Right. Um, and I think that if this scenario happens, that's how the college football playoff should look at it. So I'm with you. I take Florida State one, Oregon two, but I think because of the loss, Washington, sorry, I'd love to see you. Yeah. You're gone. You lost. Uh, Georgia, sorry, I know you were undefeated this regular season. You lost. You're done. There are too many teams sitting at twelve and one for me to be taking non-conference champions i think with everybody else being 12 and 1 or you've got liberty at 13 and 0 um you need to be taking conference champions um personally that's how i look at it i agree i say i don't think the committee will look at it this way but i think this is how you should look at it this way georgia you're done you lost your conference championship sorry michigan lost your conference championship don't care that you beat ohio state they're not here either (laughs) ohio state you lost to michigan Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, get out of here. Get Leave. out of here. Um, I think I know where this is going. Yeah. So that leaves me with Texas, Alabama, Iowa, who I'm considering, but they're <laughs> probably not getting yeah. in. Uh, Liberty, um, Tulane, and Toledo. Mm. I, I'll consider these, all of them. Okay. But you look at this and you say... Who gets in? I want to go crazy. I want to go wild. Um, Maybe Oklahoma State wins and I get my way. And everything else happens just this way and Liberty gets in. Um, But I think you got to go Bama at three for beating the number one team in the nation. I think so, yeah. Uh, And then I think Texas takes the four, um, winning the Big 12. Uh, but as much as I want to put Liberty or Iowa in there, I just don't think I can. Um, I'd love to see Iowa in there. I think they give themselves a chance to be named for beating Michigan. Uh, and you know, sucks if you're sitting at home and you're saying no Washington, no Georgia, no Michigan. What the heck? Right. Sorry. 
you lost. I, I want to see Washington go to the college football playoffs as much as the next guy. I really like Michael Penix. They're a fun <laughs> team to watch. Uh, but I think with I, – I, I think the college football playoff committee takes us for granted too often. And a lot of times it's because anytime we've seen an upset like this, it's been a two- or three-loss three, three team. You think about right. Utah and Kansas State last year both did it. Um, and so the, those teams don't get a chance to necessarily flip the script. But we're talking about uh, Alabama and Oregon are both the one loss. They literally can turn the tables on right. Georgia and Washington. Um, so, yeah, I think it's got to be when you're in. I don't think these rankings from the prior week should mean that much uh, when you have uh, 12 teams uh, and 11 of them have – or actually, I'll take that back. Got twelve teams, and nine of them have one loss. Uh, twelve teams that I, yeah. I would consider. Um, but I mean, I think it could be a crazy situation. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, everybody uh, oh, yeah. from this hypothetical. Let us know what you do. Would you put Liberty in? You'd be my favorite fan ever if you put <laughs> Liberty in. Uh, would you put Iowa in? You'd really be my favorite fan ever if you put Iowa in. Give me Iowa versus Liberty in the college football playoff. Give me uh, Florida State, Oregon, Iowa, Liberty, um, (laughs) Liberty, Iowa National Championship. Or, yeah, yeah, I would would take Liberty, Iowa. Give me that. I'll take that. Iowa holds Oregon to zero. Three-nothing victory uh, for (laughs) Iowa in traditional uh, Hawkeyes fashion. Right. Um, But... Let's go to the game picks. Uh, if you're new here, uh, welcome to the show. Um, but you should have been listening a long time ago. We pick every conference championship yep. game in the of FBS. Of course we do. And due to some, due to us picking the same on two of the games and me picking Michigan, you picked Ohio State, the deficit's down to three. You're 30 and 20. I'm Oof. 27 and 23. So kind of, I've cut into it slowly, but we still have these to get picks. Yep. And then every, bowl, every game. bowl game. Yes, we do that too. If so, that's an episode coming out soon. But enough about that. Let's get to these picks. I'm excited to pick them all. We've got Liberty versus New Mexico State tonight at 6 o'clock for Conference USA Gold. Who do you got? Oh, my gosh. This is this is brutal because, obviously, Liberty's undefeated. Let's, let's face the fact. Uh, Jamie Chowell's done a terrific job there. They had a mariachi band come in and play after they finished undefeated. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. you love to see that. Um, and then New Mexico State. You got Jerry Kill on a team. Uh, who New Mexico say who before like two or three years ago had zero success in football, zero. Um, and they basically taken over the state and, you know, I look at it, they played each other on September 9th and New Mexico and Liberty beat New Mexico state 33, 17. But I don't know, this feels like a completely different Aggie team, especially with the confidence they have going into Auburn the last couple of weeks. Plus I think I just love Jerry kill the coach in general. So, you know what? Give me, New Mexico State to wow. upset Liberty and wow. win Conference USA Championship tonight. Not my golden boys. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take Liberty here. I think New Mexico State's done a great job this year. Obviously, sitting at 10-3, and three, this is uh, a better season than I think they're right. used to. Um, but I'm going to go Liberty here. Right now, this is a program that is really in peak shape. It doesn't seem like it matters who's coaching this team. Um, yeah. They're playing great football right now. And so I'm going to say I'm going to take Liberty here. Uh, then we've got our other big time FBS matchup tonight. And oh that's my gosh! Seven o'clock, Oregon, Washington. It's literally a play-in game, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, uh, win and you're in. Uh, chance to redeem themselves as Oregon. Chance to show it wasn't luck for Washington. Um, 
Who do you got? Uh, as much as I want to root for Washington, I will probably be rooting for Washington more. But if I'm being honest, I think Oregon is the better overall team. I think they're the more balanced team. I think they learned their lesson from the first matchup. And also this game being in Las Vegas, not at Washington. I think that's also another difference. So uh, as much as I'll be rooting for my guy and my lefty, Michael Penix, to absolutely dominate tonight, I think I'm going to have to go with the Oregon Ducks. We're splitting again. I, I'm going Huskies, baby. Uh, <laughs> I'm rooting for the Huskies because there's been too much talk of, oh, it's luck, and or, oh, it's one bad decision from Dan Lanning, which I would agree that Dan Lanning is a big, was a big issue for the last performance. Um, but I think that's underselling Washington's too much. Right. Michael, Michael Penix still had to come out and throw that touchdown pass. Exactly. Uh, they didn't just win the game. Because that was they his got Heisman moment in that game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he had to come out and finish that game off. He had to put the final nail in the coffin. Um, and then that defense still had to come out and stop Oregon again. Um, so to me, I, I think you're underselling Oregon or Washington by saying that. And also, again, it's like people forget. Um, even though I remind them constantly, Washington won this matchup yeah. last year as well. <laughs> and I mean, Washington is two and zero over the last two years against Oregon. Right. So uh, it's an, it certainly wasn't a fluke. I'm not saying this team's going to come out here and beat the brakes off Oregon because I don't think that's when it, what's right, going to happen. Yeah. But there are too many people out there, and Vegas included, that are acting like Washington lucked into a win. They have beat this team the last two times they've seen them. It, this isn't luck. This is knowing your opponent and beating your opponent. Um, I think Washington's going to come out here and win this game, uh, and finally, once and for all, once and for all, puts a puts to rest that uh, that fictitious uh, narrative. Hey, I like it. I like it. I'm going to be like I said. I'm going to be rooting for yeah. Washington because I mean, I'm rooting for the lefty QB. This guy's just trying to get points back on me. That's all. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, then we've got Maction, baby, at 11 a.m. on Saturday. We've got Miami of Ohio versus Toledo. Uh, and Toledo, recent run of dominance in the MAC. Uh, but who do you got here? Oh, my gosh. So, you know, normally the easy pick would be um, to go with Toledo. I have Deontay Johnson's jersey and went to Toledo. I picked him last year. But, 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 but. Um, I've done some more research. I haven't, I've seen a lot of Toledo this year. I've seen a lot of other teams. I haven't gotten to see a lot of Miami, Ohio. So I've seen some footage. Um, I love their defense. Their defense is phenomenal. They had the Mac defensive player of the year, Matt Salopek. He is a beast. Watch him on the defensive side of the ball for Miami, Ohio. And these two played, I think two or three weeks ago. And, uh, Toledo only beat them by four points. So, uh, I think there's a fair chance here for Miami, Ohio. I trust in that defense, and I think they pull off a sneaky little upset here in the MAC championship, and they upset Toledo. Oh, funny enough, I'm going to be with you right here. All right. Um, Miami of Ohio. Uh, actually, I'm going to take this moment to uh, sidetrack a little bit. Uh, this is the real Miami University. I don't know why they're yeah. Miami of Ohio. Um, let me go into my uh, reasoning why. Okay, let's hear um, it. So, actually, neither one of these universities, is, uh, Miami of Ohio or Miami of Florida, is in the city of Miami, um, just so we're <laughs> yeah. curious. But a little more research uh, into why they're named that way. Uh, my, University of Miami is named after the city of Miami. They just choose not to be in the city of Miami. Right. Uh, 
officially. Uh, I think I've heard people say that uh, Coral Gables, is that what it is? Yeah, Coral Gables. Uh, wherever they're located um, is like a suburb of Miami. Don't yep. care. It's not actually Miami. It's not even listed as right, Miami. Right. Um, but Miami of Ohio, there is, not, I, as far as I know, there's not a city of Miami in Ohio, but it doesn't matter because it's not named after a city at all. It's named after the uh, Miami River Valley in Ohio. Yep. And this university is literally in the middle of the Miami River Valley, which is why it's named after that. Right. Um, so only one of these teams actually exists where it's named for. <laughs> um, therefore, it should be Miami University and Miami of Florida. Yeah. Um, because this team is actually, there should be no confusion. This team is actually in Miami. Yeah. The other team isn't in yeah. Miami. Um, so my little sidetrack, but the real Miami university, I think is going to get the job done. Toledo's had a run of dominance in the Mac, but they've had their ups and downs in the conference championship game. Yeah. Um, and I think Miami gets the job done here, um, to let them know that, uh, they're here in the match. All right. Um, then we've got the Big 12 Championship also kicking off at 11. That's Oklahoma State versus Texas. Who you got? Uh, listen, in this one, I'm just going to be straight up honest. I think Texas rolls in the game. Uh, I think Ollie Gordon and Oklahoma State have a good chance to maybe keep it close in the first half if they can get the ground game going. They have to get the run game going. If it's they shut down the ground game and Alan Bowman is forced to make the uh, plays, I don't like Oklahoma State's chances. So I'm going to go with Texas in this one. And I think they're going to aim for style points in this one if they can to prove their points to that committee even more. Absolutely. I think uh, Texas has a really good chance to win this game. And uh, you really need Texas to win this game to bring chaos. But I'm going to go with Oklahoma State here. <laughs> um, they've had a dominant run game all year. And I just don't know that Texas is going to be able to keep Ollie Gordon in check. Right. Um, they've had a lot of success on the offense. But Oklahoma State's reeling it in. I think this team's going to make the game close no matter what. But I'm going to take Oklahoma in this one. <coughs> the- <coughs> Then we've got the Mountain West Championship game. Uh, don't mind that. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's Boise State versus UNLV. Uh, and so, you know, hats off to Barry Odom for UNLV. Oh, my gosh. Nine yeah. and three season. They're in the Mountain West Championship game in his first year facing Boise State. Uh, who you got? Oh, man, it's it, it's tough here because I'm torn. I want to root for Barry Odom. But at the same time, the QB, I've, I've loved the entire season, Traylon Green for Boise State. I loved him. Plus, another thing. Boise State's been rocking with an interim coach the last couple of weeks, and um, they've been looking pretty good as a unit these last three weeks against New Mexico, Utah State, and against Air Force. Um, and an Air Force team that we, you know, we were rooting for earlier this year, and maybe be that a contender for that New Year's Six Bowl. And I love Barry Odom. I'll, I'll be rooting for him, but I, but I got to go with Boise State. I think I like the momentum that Boise State's had over the couple of weeks. I love UNLV, and I love what Barry Odom's done there. But I think I'm going to go with the Broncos for this one. Um, I'm going to go with UNLV here. I'm going to go with the Rebels. Uh, I, that is still their mascot. Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure for a misspeaking. Uh, Are they, are they just the Rebels or are they the running Rebels or is that just for basketball? Uh, they could very well be the running Rebel. I have no idea. Uh, No, they're just Rebels for football, running Rebels for basketball. Okay. Uh, good to know, but I'm going to go with the Rebels here. Uh, I like what Barry Odom's been doing. I think he uh, polishes off a good first season. Well, it won't actually be the end because I have a bowl game as well. But polishes off a good first season in the Mountain West with a championship win um, and uh, makes it makes makes this UNLV program a little bit more known. Uh, then at 3 o'clock, we've got Georgia versus Alabama. Ooh, 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 ooh. SEC championship <laughs> game. A lot of fun. 
Your college game day is going to be this weekend. Um, so who you got? Um, I mean, I mean, it's, the script writes itself. It's Georgia and Bama, so you know it'll be a close game no matter what. Yeah. Um, you might as well take the points with Bama because it's going to be a one-score game no matter what. Um, and I look at this game for multiple things. Um, Georgia, they have le- they have gotten up to level and played with everyone week in and week out whenever they needed to play them. But whenever they, they struggle, they play down to competition. And even in those games where they won, they've gotten off to some slow starts at points. Uh, the Ole Miss game in particular, that was a 14-14 game in the second quarter. And I just think with this Alabama defense, you can't have that happen. So they got to get off to a good start right away. And, you know, I don't know. I got called a madman because I made this pick on a show I did the other night. Um, something... After that play they had in Auburn, just something something in my heart tells me that it's going to happen. And, you know, listen, Kirby, I think you're doing a great job. But if there's one thing I will never do, I'm never betting against Nick Saban. So give me Alabama to win the SEC championship and maybe make a, make their chance to get into the playoff at least. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go completely right here with you. Ooh, uh, okay. I, I'm with Alabama here. Uh, I, I think you said it right. Uh, that Al- that play against Auburn showed you give Alabama a chance and they're going to capitalize on it. And like you said, Georgia's had a lot of slow starts. Even in the games where they've dominated, they've let teams hang around a little bit. And if they let Alabama hang around, just like Auburn let Alabama hang around, um, you know, we're going to see uh this alabama team take advantage of those opportunities and so i'm going to take uh the crimson tide here even though i don't like doing it yeah me neither a low scoring game though with that bama defense and also i'm here bold take i think bama has a better defense than georgia i don't care what people say i think bama has better defense than georgia uh what am i doing i'm giving kirby material here what am i doing i'm gonna i'm gonna shut up hey they doubted us we were (laughs) no one expected us to be here i'm gonna shut my mouth now giving him too much <laughs> uh at uh number at three o'clock um we've got smu versus tulane as well in the american athletic championship game who do you got well i mean if if i was gonna go i was originally gonna go with smu i felt so confident about smu on it but then against navy their star quarterback preston stone who has been one of the more underrated qbs in the entire country this year Broke his leg against Navy in the final game of the regular season. It's absolutely brutal. So from what I heard, they're going to start a true freshman. I think, uh, I forget what his name is. I think it's something Jennings, uh, Kevin Jennings. Uh, and I believe he's a freshman. And listen, I think SMU still has a really good defense. So I think they can hang around the game. Uh, but not having your star quarterback hurt your chances. Uh, I have to go with Tulane in this one. Um. I'm going to go with SMU here to pull off a bit of a stunner. Uh, like you said, this has been kind of a team to watch, an underrated team. I, I think maybe they should be in the top 25. Oh, they should be. Uh, I agree. To be completely honest with you. Um, but uh, solid team. Uh, are they officially making the move to the ACC next year? Yeah, I think that is official. Okay. Them, Stanford, and California. You know, all all three, which make perfect yeah. sense to fit in with the Atlantic Coast Conference. That makes a lot of sense to me. So yep. uh, I like that. Um, but, you know, this will be a good way to send you off into ACC play. Uh, it does suck that they didn't have their starting quarterback. I didn't know that, but that's not going to change my yeah, mind. I respect I respect that. I respect that. Uh, and then the last game at 3 o'clock is uh, the Sun Belt Championship game. Uh, I'm going to choose not to watch this game because I don't honor and respect the NCAA's decision to not Should let be. the rightful yep. Sun Belt James champion uh, play in this game. And 
play against a really good Troy team. Uh, but it's Troy at 10-2 and two versus App State and 8-4. and four. But if there's a worthy replacement for James Madison, it is the team that beat them in thrilling fashion, uh, even right. though I refute the call on the field um, and I revolt. And yep. if it was me in the booth, James Madison would be undefeated. Right. Um, but it's not me making the calls. Uh, so who you got between App State and Troy? Uh, listen, I love Troy these last few years, and I'm going to keep on loving Troy. Uh, I'm going to go with the Troy Trojans. Keep in mind, uh, fun fact, they also only lost by two points to James Madison this year when they played. And besides, since they lost that game, they've really rolled through the rest of their schedule. Uh, and I think Troy's easily, besides James Madison, who I would love a James Madison-Troy matchup if we could get it. Um, that would be like cinema. It'd be, it'd be, yeah. it'd be perfect. Um, but we're not getting that. But I'm going to go with the Troy Trojans to uh, repeat as Sun Belt champions or the Fun Belt, as some call it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, he's thinking, he's thinking it over. I'm going to go with Troy as well. Uh, App State's been (laughs) this year and they, they played James Madison. Great, but I got to go Troy here. I'm not, he's still, he's still thinking about that call. He's still thinking about it. I'm not happy (laughs) about it because James Madison being defeated. Yep. Doesn't matter. Uh, and then finally, our last two games at seven o'clock. First, we got the ACC championship game, Louisville versus Florida State, twelve and zero versus ten and two. Florida State, no Jordan Travis. Who you got? Um, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I really, I know we saw Florida State play with Rodemaker play last week, but I don't know what the heck to expect in this game. I don't. Um, I don't have a clue. Because uh, especially with Louisville losing to Kentucky, I legitimately don't have a clue in this game. Um. But there's something I do know. I know they're starting most of the offense for Louisville is healthy, and they don't have Tra- Jordan Travis. Now, it could be completely wrong, and this could be a Cardell Jones situation where Rodemaker just lights it up for Florida State. I mean, yeah. I, I'd be up for it. That'd be a fun story to add. Um, but I'm going to go with Louisville in this one. Uh, I just, I've just i loved this Louisville team all year long, um, and I it would be a great story for a first year for Brom to come over from Purdue, come to his alma mater, and win the ACC in his first year. Yeah, I'm with you here. I'm going Louisville. Uh, I think the lack of Jordan Travis uh, has an impact on this game. Uh, and I think Louisville's the caliber of team that's going to make that difference show a little bit more. Right. Uh, so I think Louisville gets the job done. And finally, Big Ten championship game, Michigan, Iowa, all the marbles. The over-unders at 35. Is that the highest over-under Iowa's had all year? Uh, it's got to be close. It's, it's got to be close. <laughs> if they've had one in the 40s, I would be amazed. Um, I think it's only that high because uh, Vegas thinks that Michigan's going to throttle in this I game. I think Michigan will score 35 points. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who you got? Uh, look, I'm, I, I will be rooting my heart off for Iowa. Um, I will be rooting for them to – Make it close. I do think they can cover the spread in this game. I think they can. I think it's at, what, 23, or at least it was, um, down to 21. Okay, maybe not as much confidence in that. Um, But uh, I'll be rooting for them. But in the end, I think it's a low-scoring first half, but I think uh, Michigan ends up pulling away in the second half to steal the deal. Do it. Um, you know you want. You know you want to do it. Well, I mean, you haven't been listening to the show if you don't know. Who I'm going to pick <laughs> right now. You're, you're. I mean, I hate to. I hate to upset people at home, but I mean, you know, I'm. You know tell, where he's going. You know you. what I'm going to. But I think I have pretty good rationale for it, or maybe I'm just diluted. Um, 
But Probably a combination. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, but I'm going to take Iowa in this game. And uh, had Ohio State won last week, I probably would have taken Ohio State in this game. Um, but Michigan, the thing for me is they'll have Jim Harbaugh back, which um, maybe we'll see some rejuvenation in this offense. Um, but these last three or four weeks um, heading into losing Harbaugh and then obviously these games uh, – they have just not had a very explosive offense. And that leads you to play, and they have played it well, dominate the ground game and control time of possession. That's okay. what they did against Ohio State. Who does that better than any team in the country, though? Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> They're, you're trying to – if they go into this game and try and play Iowa's game like they've done these last four weeks – they're not going to win this game. They're not. Iowa has a phenomenal defense, and it's a team that hangs around, hangs around, keeps the game close, keeps the game close. If you keep this game close, if you do not air it out with um, J.J. McCarthy uh, like they did earlier in the year, whether he plays good or not throwing the ball, this Michigan team has to throw the ball. You cannot play Iowa's game or they will win it. Unfortunately, I think Michigan thinks that they are going to dominate the ground game and run away with this game. And I think that full sense of security from what they've done these last couple of weeks lulls them into a trap. Oh. Iowa makes them play their game, and Iowa wins this game 13-10. to 13-10, and the under still hits. Yes. <laughs> well, under's hitting no matter what. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I think both these teams are going to run the ball. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go 13-10, Iowa. Um, but before we do our bet of the week, I want you right here, right now. Who do you think will be the uh, college football playoff for our final yeah. college football playoff? We'll predict it right here. Yeah. So number one, I think with the way with the way it's worked out, based on my picks, number one, I think Michigan would move up to number one. Um, number two, uh, if I have Oregon winning, I think their win over Washington would be so good. I think they would move up to number two. Uh, if I have Georgia losing to Bama. I would probably have Georgia number three. I think Georgia's in win or lose this game against Alabama. Um, and this fourth spot, I mean, there's there's a couple of good options you could go with, but it's along the same lines as my prediction from earlier. I think a Bama win over a Georgia team earns them the right to be able to get into this playoff. Despite that struggle loss to Texas and the way they struggled through the year, um, I would put Bama at number four. If it works out the way I think it will, yeah. that that would be my top four. And, you know, I heard a thing from Kirk Herbstreit. I mean, this would be a fun – top four, uh, I think, that I have there. And, you know, I heard it from – I won't say word for word what he said because he said it on part of my take. Yeah. He said, put the blank best four teams. He's like, I don't care what works best with it. Put the four best teams in the playoff. And I think these are the four best teams right now. Hey, that's completely fair. Um, based on the way mine shakes out, I'm going to say Washington will move up to number one after beating Ooh, Oregon. I'd love to see that. With Georgia and Michigan and my uh, messed up scenario both losing, I think they're going to drop out of those top two spots. Washington slides up to one. Um, unfortunately for Oregon, I think two losses to Washington eliminates you from contention. I've got Oklahoma State winning, so Texas isn't uh, going to join. I think Alabama probably gets the number two uh, if they win. Uh, and now that puts you in a very interesting position where I've got two spots wide open and a lot of teams that were eligible for the college football playoff just lost. Um, I hate to say what I'm going to say, but I think if it shakes out the way I picked it, it's going to go Washington, 
uh, Alabama, Ohio State at three, and Georgia, which I don't want to see. Step back, um, I think I'm going to vomit. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope maybe they'll give Liberty a shot if my messed up situation happens. Fingers or, crossed. <laughs> or they'll throw Iowa up there. Um, I think Iowa has a, stands a really good chance to make it again if they beat right. Michigan. And the, the situation I just unfolded pulls a lot of teams out of contention, I think. Yeah. Uh, which helps give them a good opportunity. Um, but those are our top four that we think might happen based on our game picks. Um, so let's go into the bet of the week. Yeah, um, and here are the records for the bet of the week. Uh, unfortunately, I you're hitting, last you're week, yeah. down to uh, 500 again or below 507 and eight. <sighs> However, mine hit, and I'm right there with you technically on percentage wise. I'm eight and nine. So right now we're we're 15 and 17. In college football. We're, we're, we're so close. We're close. And I, I'm going to throw you a curveball, Austin. I want to hear yours first. Oh, perfect. Uh, it's Oregon-Washington over 66. How could you think it was anything else? I already ca- I already put it in this morning. Okay. You know, I'm not going to lie to you, Austin. There was a lot I was choosing from. I almost considered the under in that game. But I, but I, I oh, you want to hear something crazy? I considered the under, too. Yeah. But, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. But I'm not that crazy of a man to do that. Uh, but the one thing I think I am going to take in this in this slate of games, I look at it, and yeah, I just think it's way too many points. I'm going to take Washington plus. I think it's at nine right now. Uh, you take Washington plus nine. That's way too many points for me. This is going to be a one possession. Uh, anyone who thinks this won't be a one possession game, at least maybe there will be a late touchdown that covers it, but it's going to be a one score game throughout. At least I think so. I'm with so you. I don't care if it's the same game; it's different bets, but. Um, yeah, to me, I hey, think Washington. Yeah, I think Washington plus nine is the play. They might win it outright, so you can definitely take that one easily. Yep, uh, I'm I'm completely with you here. Um, but with all that being said, that's going to do wow. it for us here at the Bold Take one episode. We had an exciting episode full of a lot of action, a lot of hypothetical, and a lot of a guy who maybe doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> um, but that's awesome, waiter. I'm Austin Hill, and we want to thank you guys for listening. Make sure to listen to that NFL episode as well.